0: Hey, guys, So glad you could join us again here on journey online and uh, last week we had an incredible first start to doing services online. We had thousands of people that that uh, that dialed in, checked out uh, you know what God is doing here and and listened to the message and hopefully they heard a message of hope hope prayerfully. There were some who put their faith in Christ for salvation. So thank you so much for being a part of this and, and for sharing it with uh, so many people. Many of you guys shared it with family and friends and literally the, the message went to places it's never been before from, you know, uh, from you guys just sharing it with family and friends all over the world. And so today we continue our message series and we're in the series called Urban Legends and I wanted to kind of give a definition of urban legends in case many of you may not know what that is. And so here's a, a definition. It's an often lurid story or an antidote that is based on hearsay and widely circulated is true and and so what we are looking at is is statements that you know are oftentimes people say well that's true I've heard that my whole life whatever and it may not be based on truth it may be based on just hearsay or stories that have been made up and so the one that we're kind of going to kind of unpack today is this God won't give you more than you can handle you know we often hear that God won't give you more than you can handle that's not in scripture but some of you might be thinking, well, no, I've heard that somewhere before. Let me read a passage that I think it probably comes from. It's First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. In other words, we are all tempted. And we're all, we're going to be challenged by the, the things in life, the temptations of life. It said, and God is faithful. If, if ever there was a true statement, that is it. God is faithful. But He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. And when you are tempted, He will show you a way out. So that you can endure. One thing that needs to be clear, there's a difference between the burdens that we carry in life and there's a difference between the circumstances of life than there are the temptations that we face in life. And so temptations, that's something that is going to tempt us to sin. God hates sin. So he's always going to provide a way out of that situation, out of that temptation. God hates sin, we should hate sin, and it should bother us if we are even tempted to sin. It bothers God. And so he has provided a way out whenever there is a temptation. But whenever it comes to the burdens of life and the circumstances of life or even the viruses of life and the challenges of life and the changes in life, God says, you know what, there are times that he allows those things to be more than we can handle. And so there's a statement here It says God will often, God will often allow us to have more than we can handle to reveal some things we need to learn. So God is using these burdensome times in our life at times to reveal things and to teach us things that we need to, we need to get our mind around. And so oftentimes what we do is we see teachable moments with our children. Some of you guys are probably having teachable moments right now. I mean, you probably have your kids. All up under you asking questions like, Mommy, when is this going to end? When is this going to be different? When do we go back to school? And so these are some great teaching moments and teaching opportunities. You know, Pastor Nate put together a great website for our families to be able to go to and to be able to pull up information to teach lessons and to answer some of the questions that kids have on an age-appropriate teaching level. And so I would strongly encourage you to check out that website. It's amazing. He did an incredible job with that. And so this is a great teaching time for many of us. Many of us are going to God with questions. There are many of you that are going to God with questions. You're wondering, God, why is this happening? What is going on? God, do you know what's going on? Yes, He does. God knows, I can promise you that. But He allows us to take on burdens sometimes and allows us to sometimes have more than we can handle to reveal some things to us and to teach us some lessons. I want to read a passage to you out out of Numbers chapter 11. Where Moses, and this is in the Old Testament, and Moses is, is, is having to deal with some issues. And he's, he's kind of burdened down, if you will. So if you will, read along with me. It says, Moses heard all the family standing in the doorways of their tents whining. And the Lord became, became extremely angry. I don't like whining. God doesn't either. I mean, and so maybe some of you guys are dealing with a lot of whining right now. It's easy to get angry with some of that. But God became extremely angry. And Moses was also very aggravated. Who wants to listen to whining? You know, many of us remember the, the whiners on Saturday Night Live. You know, the whole, the whole skit was set up to show you how annoying it is, and some people still want to do it. All right, so let's move on. And Moses said to the Lord, why are you treating me, your servant, so harshly? Have mercy on me. What did I do to deserve the burden of all these people? He said, man, these people are a burden. Did I give birth to them? Did I bring them into the world? Why did, you, why did you tell me to carry them in my arms like a mother carries a nursing baby? How can I carry them to the land you swore to give to their ancestors? Where am I supposed to get meat for all these people? They keep whining to me saying, God, give us meat to eat. Give us meat to eat. And I can't carry all these people by myself. The load is far too heavy. And so here we see this, that that Moses is, it sounds like some of the grocery stores around here, there's no meat, and everybody's freaking out. And so the people there, were, they were they were—they were whining and complaining, and it was t- troublesome for Moses to have to listen to it. Now, I think you guys understand where that can be a, an, a burden right there. But he's got thousands and thousands of people that are whining and complaining. And so he's going to God, and he's going, God, you know, why in the world have you put this burden on me? But God is about to teach Moses some things. God is about to reveal some things to him. And so what God does is he miraculously provides quail to all these people. you know, And, and so they get up and literally there's, there's, there's meat everywhere. And, and so Moses is thinking there's, there's no way there's not enough uh, to, to, to provide for everybody. And so, so look at this last passage right here in that thing. It says, if this is how you intend to treat me, just go ahead and kill me. Do me a favor and spare me this misery. I mean, can you believe that Moses is talking to God like that? But he is. He's saying, God, I just can't take it anymore. And there's some of you probably feel the same way. But God God wants to allow things like this to happen to to reveal the need that we have for other people. God allows us to see the need for others in our lives. And and it's important for us to realize, you know, we need people to help us with these burdens. There's... There's too much sometimes in our life for us to carry. That's why God gives us the church. We talked about it last week. God wants you to be a part of the church. But there's times we need people in our life. And so look at this passage here. The Lord said to Moses, Gather before me 70 men who are recognized as elders and leaders of Israel and bring them to the tabernacle to stand there with you. I will come down and talk to you there. I will take some of the Spirit that is upon you, and I will put the Spirit upon them also. And they will bear the burden of the people along with you, so that you will not have to carry it alone. And so, here, what God is saying, hey, listen, Moses, I've heard your cry, and, but you need to get some of the people around you, some of the leaders around you, that love, that love he's saying that love me, that love God. Amen, they're elders, they're, they're mature in their faith. You know, And they're not given easy to to bribes and stuff. And so he says, gather them around you. He said, and I'm going to bless all of them with the same spirit I've blessed you with. And they're going to help make a difference in the lives of people. So there's a couple things I think that we can take away from this. Number one, we need each other more than ever. And I would say that in the day and age that we're in and what we're going through as a nation with this coronavirus and, and people not being able to get out, maybe someone can go and pick up your groceries and bring them to your house. If they have to spray them down, they can spray them down. But there's so many ways right now that we need each other. We need each other just to stay connected and stay involved. And so we need each other now more than ever. We need to work at connecting in new ways. And I think that's what we're having to do with a lot of technology. We're connecting in a way today like we did last week. You know, we're connecting through through the Internet. Uh, Our life groups are connecting through the Internet. It's different. It's a new way. But God is always about doing a new work. And so it's it's exciting to be a part of this season in the life of the church. That we're being pushed and forced even to be, you know, to be in, in trying something new. You know, thank God God had prepared us as a church to be able to broadcast like this and to be able to put things together and be able to create videos. And so we're thankful for God preparing us for this time and this season. But, but I said new ways and I would say in old ways too. One of the things that I see all over is people doing things that maybe they kind of gotten away from. Maybe they had gotten away from calling one another and checking on one another. We talked about it last week. One of the things that we can do to be the church is to check on people, to, to reach out to them, make sure they're okay. And so maybe for some of us, this is a good thing. It brings us back into checking on one another. I've seen families spending time together. I saw a family in my neighborhood, man, they had the whole backyard set up like a playground, you know, and they, they, they were planning to ride out the quarantine and have fun. And so a lot of families are picking up food at a drive through and maybe going and having a picnic somewhere. I don't know. Uh, but the thing is, is they're telling us, hey, listen, stay in your homes as much as possible, but it's also an opportunity to find creative ways to engage with your family, to teach the Bible, to teach the Word of God. We really want parents teaching their kids. We really want you guys to be involved in that and engaged in that. That's one reason whenever we do baptizing, we love to see the dad baptize their children. Man, we think that's powerful. And it sets a tone. And it sets a statement. And so we encourage you to, to use those resources more than ever. So look at this next one. God allows us to learn from others in our lives. And so poor old Moses, man, he is learning all kinds of things. And in this next section right here, this is in Exodus... His father-in-law is going to give him a lesson. His father-in-law is going to teach him a few things. And so his father-in-law shows up, Jethro shows up, and he begins to look and and see what all Moses is doing, all the responsibilities that he has. And he realized, you know what, man, Moses has got too much on him. And I don't know about you guys, but I prayed for my my in-laws. I prayed that God would give me great in-laws. And I have a great mother-in-law, I have a great father-in-law. And I'll just always tell young couples, man, whenever you're, whenever you're, dating and whenever you're looking at getting married you know whatever the mother-in-law and the father-in-law is going to be like that's going to be your family and so thank god you know moses had a, a father-in-law who had great wisdom and, and so here we see where where that wisdom is, is is shared with with moses and so if you were to pick up with me in exodus 18 here he, he says this is not good moses my father-in-law exclaimed you're going to wear yourself out and the people let me kind of tell you what they were doing so the people would come and stand around moses from daylight till dark And they were wanting him to make decisions and make uh, judgments on things. And so not only is Moses there all day long, the people are there all day long. And he says, you're going to wear the people out too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice. And may God be with you. That's a big part of it right there. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to Him. So God, Moses still had his job to do. But he says, teach them God's decrees and give them His instructions and show them how to conduct their lives. So he goes, hey, listen, the important things, you do what only you can do, Moses. But there are some people around you that can do what they can do. And we've got to be willing to let people into our lives that can do things that may be... They can do as well, if not better. And we've got to be willing to do what only we can do. But select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Hate bribes. In other words, they can't be bought off. Appoint them as leaders. Doesn't sound like any of our politicians, but I'm just saying. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,000, 150, and 10. In, in other words, they need to be righteous men. And so he's telling, hey, let's, let me give you some advice. You need to divide this up. You need to break this down. You need to get it to where it's manageable. And so, what, what God does is He allows us to learn from others in our lives, like our father in law or our mother in law, or maybe it's from a friend or someone that's older than you. And so look at this. It says, those, they should always be able to solve The people's common disputes, but have them bring the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller uh, matters themselves, and they will help you carry the load, making the task easier for you. He's looking out for his son-in-law there. If you follow this advice, and if God commands you to do so, then you, you, you will be able to endure the pressures, and all these people will go home in peace. Man, if anybody needs peace right now, it's our nation, right? But he, he says, hey, listen, if this is God's will, make sure that God is behind this. This is not just me telling you something. And I tell people all the time, you know, I can give you my my opinion. My opinion really doesn't matter. But what God says is what matters most. And so he's saying, hey, listen, man, if, if God is in this, this is what I would do. And so there's a couple of things, lessons we can learn from this. And we can learn from those older than you. I think it's always wise to, to, to show respect to those who are older than us. It's just biblical. That is a biblical thing to do. But to respect those that are older than us, to learn from them. You know, I'm, I'm old school. I'm a yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And I know a lot of people say, well, that's, uh, that's a cultural thing in the South. I just think it's a respect thing. And so I was raised that way, and I just think that's, that's what we do. And, and so I think it's important to do that. I teach my boys to do the same. And, and so... So we can learn from those that are older than us. We can draw from them. We can also learn from those that are younger than you. You know, during this age right now, some of you guys need some help setting your TV up. Go ask your kids. You can learn from those younger than you. So we can always learn. We want to have a teachable spirit. We learn from those that are older than us, that have, you know, they've walked the roads ahead of us. Those that are younger than us, that maybe they're, they're, they have a skill set that we don't have. And maybe they have things that we didn't have when we were younger, but they know how to work them. Get them to show us how to do it. Here's another one. Learn from those further along in their walk than you. There's some people that, man, they're further along in their walk with Christ. They have walked with Jesus. They have been through things. They have seen God deliver. They have seen God provide. They have seen God's faithfulness. And so learn from them and, man, look to them for answers. And maybe it's an older couple. You say, you know what, I want to I take them to dinner when you can. And you take them to dinner and you ask them, hey, if you would share it with us, what is the secret behind your marriage being the way that it is? And most of them I'm gonna just tell you, I gonna say you put Jesus first. You put Christ first in your marriage, in your relationship, everything's better. And so we can learn from those older, we can learn from those younger, and we can learn from those that are further along in their walk. Find someone who is older than you and ask them to disciple you. You know, we've got a Pursue God you know, platform here at our church that we've been using. And you could ask someone who maybe is a little bit older than you to walk you through some of the Pursue God discipleship programs and learn from those things and begin to dialogue about, you know, how to grow in your faith and how to become all that God wants you to be. And then here's the next thing. God allows us to see our need for Him in our lives. So some of the reasons that God allows us to have these burdens and some of these things that seem like they're too much... It's so that we see our need for God. Because if we think we can handle it on our own, oftentimes we'll just kind of check out. We'll say, you know what, God, I've got this. And God has oftentimes blessed us with more than we can handle so that we realize, you know what, God, I really do need you. I need you more than ever. And so let me read a couple of passages to you. This is out of Luke chapter 10, verses 41 through 42. And Jesus is going to show up at Mary and Martha's house. And Martha is so worried about fixing everything. You know, And so she she gets upset and she goes to Jesus. She almost kind of scolds Jesus like, Jesus, will you tell my sister to not do what she's doing, but to come and help me do something? I've got too much to do. And listen to what Jesus responds. He says, but the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried, upset over all these details. And there's only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken from her. And so when we see that in this passage, we realize that Martha was focused on the wrong thing. And so God oftentimes will give us too much. And here's the thing. Again, Jesus had a teaching opportunity. Martha has too much on her plate. She's too worried about the little details of things instead of the most important thing. And so Jesus used it as a teaching opportunity. And here we are reading about it thousands of years later that, you know what? Mary chose the right thing. And she chose to put, her, to put herself at the feet of Christ. She chose to put herself at the very feet of, of, of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and to be focused on Him and Him alone. You know, if we have our faith in God, we don't have to worry or fret over some of these other things that are going on. We, we we make wise decisions. We do what we can. We follow protocol. But we don't live in fear. And then look at this passage here in Psalms 52, 55, 22. It says, Give your burdens to the Lord and He will take care of you. He will not permit... Uh, the godly to slip and fall what a promise to lean into so god I, i need you and god i'm giving this to you i'm surrendering this to you and maybe even for you i know you can't be at an altar here in a church but maybe today right where you're at there's some things that you say god i want to put this at the foot of the cross i want to put this on the altar and i want to leave it there god because i've been carrying this burden around and it's too much for me look at what paul says here paul had this thorn in his side that he wrestled with and You know, he had had wrestled with it. He he felt like it was too much. He says, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. And each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, precautions or persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What a great promise that Paul says, hey listen, man, when we're going through the toughest things, the the toughest battles, unprecedented things, things that have never happened before, what he's saying, hey listen, God may say I'm not going to take it away, I want you to lean into me, I want you to trust me, and I want you to grow closer to me. And so what we're going through may be the very thing that God is using to draw us closer than ever. He's using... Different ways of connecting. He's using different things around us to draw us closer to Him. He's using it as a teaching opportunity. And so here's a couple of next steps for us today. A couple of next steps that I could take today. And the first one is this. Realize, I may have too much on me. I may have too much on me. And it's okay to say, you know what? God, I've got too much on me. I've got, I'm carrying around too much because God can give us too much. And He uses it to reveal things in our life. But it may be that today the first thing is we realize, God, I have too much. And then here's the second thing. Ask God this question. What do you want me to see, God? What do you want me to see today? That I need more people in my life? And there may be some of you that you don't have anybody. You feel alone. You know, you're afraid. You need people in your life. You need people to encourage you, to love on you, to challenge you, to push you, to help you be the best that you can be. And then here's another one. Hand something off that someone else can do better. There may be something that you're trying to do that you're the bottleneck and you're keeping you know, things from being done at, with excellence and being done the best that they can be because you want to be in charge of that. And it may be something you need to hand off to someone that can do it better. You know, instead of being the bottleneck where it's kind of holding things back, you become the one that sets it free to be able to flourish and be able to do things better. And then the last one here, lean into God for strength. Going through what we're going through, man, we need the strength of God day in, day out more than ever. And the only way that we can really fully experience all that God has for us is for us to put our faith and our trust and our hope in Christ, God's provision, God's Son. And so God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He went to the cross. He bled out His precious blood to pay for our sins. The very things that we were talking about where we'd be tempted to sin. Jesus paid for our sins, past, present, and future. And He wants you to be in right standing with God. Just like we said you know, last week, The righteousness of christ is applied to us our sinful lives And that is what makes us in right standing with god And so I want to encourage you today if you've never put your faith in christ To literally pray this simple prayer That is literally a prayer of your heart. It's a surrender of your heart You say jesus. I want to give you my life. I want to give you my heart I want to ask you to come and live within me And jesus I want you to fill me with your holy spirit And I want you to seal me with that holy spirit until the day of redemption, which is the promise of scripture And So wherever you're at in the world today, it's a, it's, a, it's a prayer of surrender and a prayer of submission to Christ. And say, so, Jesus, I believe that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets to the Father except through you. And so, Jesus, I want to ask you, if you will, will you come into my life? Will you come into my heart? And will you forgive me? And his answer is yes. He, he, he nailed that to the cross 2,000 years ago. Yes, I will give you, I will, I will accept you, and I will pay for you. I want to receive you as one of my own. And God accepts us into His family whenever we receive His Son, Jesus Christ. Through faith. It's not about works. I mean, we can't even go to church. We can't even gather in these buildings. And so it's not about works. It's not about religion. It is about a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And wherever you are right now, you can accept Christ. And you can become a part of the family of God. You can be a part of the, the church, the bride of Christ. By faith, there's no other way. And so I want to encourage you right where you're at to, to ask Christ to forgive you of your sins. And ask him to come into your life, to be your leader, to be your Lord. And I'm just telling you, he can do it right where you're at. If you're sitting in front of a TV, he can do it right now. But it's by faith that we are saved, nothing else. And so I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you just to trust Christ. Lean into the strength that God gives us. And he gives us no greater strength than what he gives us through Christ. And so maybe today that is your decision. If it is, we want to know. We want to know. We believe that last week there were people, lots of people that made professions of faith. If you will, comment below or, or reach out to our website. Go to myjourneychurch.com and we have a pastoral care page on there. We want to care for you. We want to walk with you. And so go to that website and check on that and let us know, hey, I made a decision to accept Christ. What do I do next? We want to walk with you. The waters of baptism. Somehow, some way, we will baptize. I don't know how that's going to happen. Our plan is to do that on Easter Sunday. And maybe by then this will be behind us. Who knows? But we want to be able to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Man, we look forward to that. So I want to just pray for us and pray that God would just bless our time together today. And here's the thing. We would walk out here realizing there are times when I have too much on my plate. There are times when God is teaching me. And maybe during this season that we're going through, God is revealing that you need to lean into Him more and just ask Him, God, what are you trying to show me? What are you trying to reveal to me today? Let's pray. Father, thank you for meeting with us today. God, I thank you for the opportunity to gather, whether it be through technology, Lord Father, over a TV, whatever it might be. But God, I thank you more than anything that your Holy Spirit is drawing men and women unto you. And God, I fully believe there's someone out there today who wants to receive you for salvation. God, they want to be saved. They want to know that their name is in your book of life. And God, that they will go to heaven one day. I believe that with all that's in me. So, God, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would just continue to tap on their heart, draw them close. God, breathe your life into them. And I pray that today, by faith, that they would receive Jesus Christ, your one and only Son, for salvation. So, God, thank you for your Word. Thank you for the opportunity to teach it. And, God, I pray that you would bless it. Use us for your purposes and for your kingdom this week, in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a blessed day.